trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they bought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Karis Eves Knight. Karis, who uses she, her pronouns, is an artist based in Glasgow, Scotland, working to redefine strength. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm doing great. <laughs> how are you? I am good. I was, we were just talking how like this time difference always messes me up and how Karis is trying to tell me <laughs> that Scotland isn't always sunshiny and glowy and full of fog and beautiful. So... <laughs> She's just ruining, ruining the idea of Scotland for me, but I'm still going to go and love it and it's going to be fine. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you. I always love bringing on guests who like I've never met and obviously we live mm-hmm. on different sides of the world, um, but thank God for the internet because right. um, and so when you like reached out via Instagram and fill out the form, like, oh, she means business. Let's get her <laughs> Um, and so like your Instagram, first of all, I can barely color inside the lines. So I'm always like, so obsessed with just people who can make art. And I tell people like, this is my creative space. Like I can talk for days. I'm really lucky that I can sing. I played a violin for like two years. Like that's the best I can do. So people who like paint and make clay or dance, I'm just like, Ugh. so yeah. Tell me everything. How'd you get started? What your medium is like all the things. Okay, perfect. So I started, I only started my journey as an artist actually last year in January. And how so old are you? Before that, I'm 24. <sighs> okay. 25 <laughs> in March. <laughs> oh, March what? Wait, March what? The 13th. Okay, I'm the 18th. Mm, okay. I'm looking for some. I'm looking for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I started like my, um, my journey in January and before that what I was doing was I was working as an occupational therapist and I found it really difficult like throughout my journey um, as an occupational therapist first of all like before like I say like what I'm going to say like I have so much respect for like all of them it was just for me like personally and my values and what I wanted to be in my life it just didn't like correlate with that and I found like when I was working with patients like I had to ask them so many personal questions and I couldn't build like an open and honest relationship, which I feel like as humans, like we need that, we need that. Um, So I had all these problems in my head that I wanted to solve. And like, I then um, thought, I then was like, I could do, I could be an artist, you know, as I just need to think of like a set concept to tell the message that I want to be able to tell. 
Um, and then obviously like the whole year of 2020 into 2021 was a whole madness. <laughs> and um, the, like, there was a, such a mixture of the ideas all coming together and they all came to me like when I came to write my final year exam. And then I was like, I cannot finish my last year. Like I need to paint. But part of it, so I started this project called The Vow, which stood for Voice of Women. And when I was, after like the murder of George Floyd, like I was at one of the protests and um, at, there was this like beautiful black woman like up on the stage, like speaking about her experiences. And obviously like, it was horrendous like what she's experienced. And I've got a mixed ethnicity and a mixed background myself. So like I've seen so many, like my nana and my aunties and my uncles, like, and for us, and like, it's family like obviously it's not about like not seeing color or, or any of that but like it's it, that's your family like you don't necessarily like I think you see things differently and I I really wanted to like capture like who we are as women and be able to connect with women of all different um all different like from all different places and from all different boxes in society and the reason that I chose like that as women is because like that was like the biggest label that I could think of that I belong to um, and the people that I've painted is just anyone that is identified as a woman um, so I started that whole journey and then I started by writing each woman I asked them to write their life story because I thought it's so powerful for the world and us as humans to see that like we <laughs> we're so similar to one another and actually when we ask people like, what your favorite color is and we create the color and the energy and all the things that make them beautiful in the inside instead of all the things that make them sexy or beautiful by like having been like curvy or like to to meet like especially western beauty standards I was like it's horrible because we feel so rubbish about ourselves because of that so all these problems that like, I wanted to solve and that was what the vow project was all about and um, we went into loads of details about finding out like what empowers us and what should give us value instead of our beauty and then um, I had a bit of an issue with that because like see for me like I just love human beings and obviously with the vow and the voice of women it was just pretty much restricted to women and like I had a lot of men saying well what about men and a lot of like non-binary people like feeling not necessarily uncomfortable because they can still celebrate that in its own right but like they don't feel as if they belong in that space either and I didn't like that so at the end of last year 2021 um I started pole dancing and it was so much fun and it was the opposite of what I thought like it was one of the most empowering spaces I felt for me specifically as a woman like the first day I walked in there there was this guy six foot guy in stripper heels and a pair of speedos strutting his stuff and I was just like I just love that you feel that you can do that and express yourself how you want to express yourself and then I came up with my current art project, which is the Empower, the Art of Pole, which is all about just like, like celebrating us as people being able to express ourselves in the way we want to express ourselves and have these conversations through these amazing like positions and moves that these pole dancers can, can manage. So in a nutshell, that's kind of my journey so far. So. <laughs> okay, we have so much to talk about because I'm obsessed with this whole thing. <laughs> Um, first things first, I want to give you credit for like leaving a, a path you thought was the one for you, like to leave occupation, occupational therapy and go pursue art. I feel like 
day and night decision. And I just credit <laughs> you so much. I think, especially as women, we feel like we have to be so siloed into option. Like you're saying with the boxes, like I've mentioned it here on the show before, like I was a business major. Cause I was like, I need to like, you know, get my business degree and like work for do all these things. Yeah. And then I, that's what success a- looks right. like. Right. <laughs> and then I took accounting and I was like, no, like I hate numbers. <laughs> I hate math. Like, and then now I do like fundraising, but that's not the point. The point is it's like, as a woman being able to like release expectations, I feel like is just such a like freeing thing that a lot of like a lot of women don't get to experience. So number one, kudos to you. Love that so much. <laughs> um, but then also like this this whole project of like storytelling other people's stories which is why I like started this show is like I love hearing people's stories I love following journeys I love just like talking about things and like kind of like you I just love people like I think like we're all just so interesting like if you just sit and chat with a person for 20 minutes like I have a, one of my best friends, Kara, she hates going to the grocery store with me pre-pandemic um, because I would talk to anyone about anything. Like I met a woman on a flight like two years ago. We talked about antiquing for three hours. I'm not ever over. <laughs> like, it's just like, I just love it so much. I mean, I'm really lucky. I come from a very big, talkative, friendly family. And so that's how I've always been. Mm-hmm. So, but your project is really just bringing me so much joy, like the voice of women, like that's another thing too. I feel like women feel so silenced, especially women of color. So like you being mm-hmm. able to like reach out to women, like you're saying after the protest, which I also want to circle back to, because I feel like that's such a, a, a perspective I wasn't expecting over mm-hmm. the last two years. Um, but yeah, just giving goes giving space to, to more women specifically, like women who look different or check different boxes mm-hmm. or just, mm-hmm. you know, are women period. And like, like you're saying, anyone who identifies as a woman, which I feel like is so inclusive, which I really love. Um, <laughs> and then like the protest thing, like as a black person in America, obviously I know the crap that has to happen, but yeah. you know, I was floored. Like, I don't think I've, I, 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 it's still so hard for me to conceptualize like how the murder of George Floyd impacted the whole world. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, we were all home because of the pandemic, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I think so much stuff happens, you know, in specific countries, I think specifically like the U.S. and then we see like China and then like the U.K., like all these things are always happening. But if you're not paying attention, you won't know. And I just like so many people Mm -hmm. were finally paying attention. And so to like just to see all this stuff all over the news of like literally the whole world stopped and was like, this is enough. Like people, black people live everywhere. I know surprising, Um, but (laughs) black people living everywhere and experiencing this and and just the whole world being like, we are all paying attention. And so I also love that of just like the way you were able to be involved that way from where you are and just, yeah, creating space. And so, yeah. And then also like, obviously pole dancing, I feel like. (laughs) I've been watching your videos you post like this looks so fun and yeah sort of like negative connotation that pole dancing has and I'm just like it's just it just looks fun like why do we care so much and obviously it's like the policing of women's and women's bodies and you know Mm. what should be categorized like what are you what you're allowed to do and Mm -hmm. I just have a lot of feelings about the boxes we put women into so I just love that you have Mm -hmm. this project and you're using your art to kind of help free women in another way 
Mm. And that is it as well. It's like that whole segment with both of the projects. Like the reason that I'd like to focus on redefining strength is because it's like all of those things, like by stepping outside of our boxes that were put in by society, that takes strength. Mm-hmm. But you're, we're not given the recognition for that. We're not given the recognition for like being mentally strong by walking into a room that we feel we don't belong like or for even like sitting down to write our story and being touched with those emotions and actually being vulnerable is so strong to be able to do that and wear your heart on your sleeve because like the world doesn't favor that but these aren't the conversations that generally we have and I think that's what is like really upsetting for me and I just want to try and like channel and give everyone a space just to be themselves because like what I noticed right and that I have noticed from my whole therapy background and even more so it's standing out to me when we go through this like as people like everyone is standing and saying something where like every group that everyone belongs into are, are all saying the same thing like I don't feel heard I don't feel like I belong and I don't feel that people are seeing me for what I'm seeing that is if it's to do with um black people people of color the LGBTQ community even like men and the male suicide rate no matter like what color someone is like and women and all the stuff that's put on women like I think what can be really difficult is when we are feeling these really raw and difficult emotions that only like we feel we experience, then we we shut ourselves out like and like like you don't understand you just don't understand but actually like sometimes I feel like I, I like I get why that's everyone's reaction from all these different feelings that we feel because it's painful but actually like if we like say to people like oh you can understand because when you experience things like this you feel this way so I feel like this and actually sometimes it's worse maybe you won't understand it in this context but you understand that feeling of frustration and upset and also like those feelings of like mourning a lot of the time because you're not understood like all of those are human experiences and human feelings that we can feel and I think what can happen is which is also with the value of the voice of women project I wanted you to read the story and hear the person's story before you made judgments on them before you put them in a box and also to hear their story because you almost see them as more like you because you see objects in there that you recognize you can identify with instead of being like well they're not like me so I'm not gonna understand because sometimes you think by saying to people like you're not gonna understand what I'm going through if that's a woman saying that to a man or a black person saying that to a white person like it's so easy to think that we can't understand one another but actually when we allow people to see themselves in us and the other way around then it's like oh wait actually like you're human too and the more we can like see that the more that we empathize with the people that we're around and like we can see the beauty of one of other like each other instead of just pointing out our differences all the time like it's crazy well I think like you're saying is we're all struggling right but the world Mm -hmm. makes us feel like it's just me going through this one thing right Right? like like you're saying women of color versus white women versus men and you know the suicide rate of men and you know I also think it's like we know about social media like it's always the highlight reels and I think there's so many people now who are trying to be more authentic and more vulnerable and share more quote unquote important things um of like when they are struggling when they do fall short what they're actually going through and just like the impact on that because I feel like on the other end it it can feel 
so disheartening. And, and even, you know, if you're looking at social media all day and you see all these like beautiful things that people get to do, and then you're not living that life and you don't realize like how much that impacts your mental health. I was reading something the other day about like the impacts of social media on our brain function and how it's just like, we need to like be having real authentic conversation with people and you know, I mean, we all know we should be off, our, off of our phones more, but you know, this is the life we all live, but you know, just human connection in general. And yeah, just, just like you're saying, being more vulnerable and the freedom around vulnerability. Like, obviously this is why I also have this show. Like I love vulnerability and I just love being able to talk about the bullshit we're all going through and just being like, that's it. I don't, I don't have it all together. Right. Like I am struggling. (laughs) I am depressed. I have anxiety. I am, you know, I have family stuff going on this part. Like, you know, we all have a thing, but you know, and I think it's to how I was raised. Like I was literally raised by like, like my family, we call like, it's a village, right? Like it was all of us help like being raised with cousins and you know around so many different types of people growing up in the church like I never felt alone because my parents made sure I had people who I could lean on and talk to but you know as you get older the the pressure of like feeling like I have to have it all together it's like one of my things this year is like I'm trying to be better about asking my friends for help Mm -hmm. because I feel like you know that trope of like the strong black woman and for me I've been telling them like it is exhausting to like try to be the friend everyone thinks like has it together or like isn't failing and I'm like guys there are days I don't know how I'm going to pay rent there are days when I'm like I don't want to do anything but you know (laughs) that like internalized pressure from society of like okay I have to do this because I know like as a black woman I'm expected to do all these kind of Mm -hmm. things that come in from society of like black people are lazy and they don't do this and I'm like I work like 17 jobs. I work for myself, but I have like 13 yeah. projects at any one time and like trying not to sort of kill myself because I'm trying to like prove something to like who, like, who is this for? And, <laughs> and I think that's just such a thing of like, you're saying to be able to connect to the humanity of the person before you see them and, and, mm-hmm. and really hear from them and, and get to have that experience, I think is just so impactful. And I, f- I find that so interesting, like what you're saying, like with like the way you're talking, like as if like your internal dialogue is like, well, I need to do this because I need to like go against the stereotypes of being a black woman or whatever. It's that I find really interesting is that actually like the stereotypes that are put on us a lot of it, or like like work away from and I think when we when we're thinking like that which is like we all do in some way and then we're talking about going onto social media and a lot more people are trying to be your, your authentic self but a lot of the time like when I actually think about this like it's really difficult to actually know what your authentic self is right because <clears throat> there's so many layers to that because there's a lot of things that happen in society that I notice like the more I get older I think I'm doing something for me then when I think about it subconsciously I'm not or like I think I'm doing this authentically and I think I'm being vulnerable but at the same time my actual subconscious is telling me that I need to be a certain way to be a certain thing and then I'm still adding to my ego of well no that makes me who I am and the way that I look and then if I act like this then that puts me in that box and actually we still want to feel like we belong in those boxes so we have because that's our identity as well like it's crazy it's also like intertwined isn't it yeah and it's just I don't know I don't have a better word than like exhausting like 
yeah. just trying to like constantly be I don't know if like one step ahead of the next is the right thing I'm trying to, to say but it's just like I went so I hate going to the doctor it just I have what they call white coat syndrome I just get super anxious my blood pressure gets really nervous mm. blah, blah blah so every time I go the doctor's like why is your blood pressure so high and I go and I tell them that I'm like also I'm stressed and my doctor's like why I'm like I'm a black person in America I'm like what do you what do you mean and so like to have that conversation mm. with my white doctor of just like hi like I am constantly anxious I am always trying to like I, I, especially like living in Texas in, in, in America and living in the South as a black person is so stressful. And, you know, just kind of, it's a safety thing for me. Like I'm from the Northeast, which is like way more like liberal and accepting. Um, but then like moving to Texas was just like, so interesting for me. And so, yeah, it's just been, it's just been some, such a interesting thing trying to navigate how to show up authentically but also be safe but also show up authentically but then show up as safely as I possibly can because like having to navigate how people who are racist are gonna see me people who are you know against women like there's just so many things I have to constantly navigate and I just yeah I just like that's just one of the things of like the, 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 con, the, like a lot of stressors that just while you're trying to show up authentically and vulnerability and live your best life possible, there's just all these other things that you have to like also deal with. Yeah. And I think, I think that's like what's challenging as well. Cause I don't think there's enough of like, like I think, cause, cause obviously like again, like with me be coming from that therapeutic background, like you see so much of that and you mm-hmm. see so much of like, someone in that white coat like almost acting and also people looking at you as if you have all the answers and sometimes like you'd hear like people saying certain things to uh, to to a patient or patients asking like you need to tell me but actually like they don't know a lot of the time they're just trying to do their best like we're all human right Mm -hmm. so it works both ways like that way of like as a as a therapist as a doctor as any of these things we need to see the actual people for who we're working with and that's the most amazing thing about occupational therapy is because and where a lot of my values and a lot of my stuff came from for my artwork was that thing we were told like you need to see the person for the person everyone's an individual so we'll teach you things about this culture and these cultures to make you see that people are different to you but just because someone looks a certain way doesn't mean they belong to that culture or they're gonna think and they're gonna behave or act in that way but these are things to be aware of so when you come to that person it's about confronting that and confronting like the person and I think as soon as we can as soon as we can do that like we are already in a much better place because and another thing is I've had so many conversations with multiple different people within the disabled community. And I think that's such a clear visual thing for people to understand that even though everyone's a part of that community, every single person with a disability is different and their disability is affecting them in different ways. And it's the same as all of us with all the boxes that we're all in, like just because I am a woman and the things that happen for being a woman like there's a lot of things that we can all relate to right but it's going to be different and people are going to have experienced different things and it's about like just approaching every situation but the thing is as well right that is exhausting because it's like what you're saying as well Mm -hmm. because 
you don't have the time and the energy to to see everyone for who they are and we try and do that the best we can with the people that are close around us but it's also a safety thing isn't it we label things that well I've had a bad experience with someone that was like that before so Mm -hmm. they're bad news and like I think we just need to like acknowledge that and like move on from that and actually like if we don't know something and if someone does say something to us like you've hurt me you've hurt me from that like I feel threatened by what you've said not for us to take it personally and hear right hear what the person's saying instead of acting from our own self and like well like if you're saying to your doctor like you're not gonna understand and then being like not saying this was a situation but like hypothetically speaking with them then being them then feeling threatened by their role because their their ego is telling them well I need to be able to help you and I don't know Mm -hmm. how to so then they almost like then what ends up happening in so many different situations is then they're not justifying your feelings and that's all like a lot of the time we're looking for and then that is something that we can all relate to because we all just want to feel like the things I always say right as humans all we all ever want is to feel safe to feel loved and to feel connected to what's around us and if we feel those things things like anxiety things like depression like they don't exist in those spaces because like we feel that when we feel connected and when we feel loved and when we feel like we belong to something there those emotions and 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 those and those mental health things like they don't have as big a hold of us because we feel lighter and then life feels lighter which is like that's just from what my understanding is so far from what I've experienced but yeah (laughs) well I love what you just said about like having all the answers first of all I know no one's gonna have all the answers like Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm just gonna go in and be like I just need to say this thing and I just need you to listen to me like when I went to the doctor like (laughs) I don't need you to fix it I just need you to listen to it. And so I think like you're saying, like there's all these things that happen that, you know, sometimes just want to talk about it. But then Mm -hmm. also like as a person who like a lot of my friends will come to for advice and I'll always like, like, I take this with a grain of salt. Like this is what I'm going to give you, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. don't like, like, I'm not going to always get it right. And, you know, I used to ask them like, are you looking for advice? Are you looking for help? Like before I go down my whole list of ideas, like what do you yeah. need? What do you need right now? What do you and need sometimes right you now? forget that that's the best thing to do. Like, obviously we all want to feel validated. Like, and that's what listening does, right? If someone's listening to us, we feel validated by our experiences and, and the things that we're going through. But sometimes we forget that it is as easy just to ask, like, what can I do for you? What mm-hmm. do you need? Instead of, like just trying to think in our own mind and through our own perception like what this person is wanting and needing we've not lived a single day inside their head and we've only ever felt our own human emotions and then I think that's when it gets so dark sometimes doesn't it because we're working from our own mind and we're not we can never feel fully what someone else like is feeling and like how that feels inside their body and that that is a mad thing to me like I find that so crazy like such a crazy thought because you only ever let go through the world like from your experience Mm -hmm. (laughs) well I I just love like you're saying the so like the what do you need I was listening to a podcast that the actress Sophia Bush hosts and Mm -hmm. she was saying like how her and her her fiance Grant have this thing now like and it has changed the way they communicate in their relationship. And so my best friend Shelby and I do it now because we talk every day, all day. And so yeah. now there's, they do this thing called purge or problem solve. And it's like, I'm just going to spit out a lot of things at you. And I just need you to listen. 
or I'm coming to you to help me solve a thing. And mm. I think like you're saying, like all of this stuff ties together. Like, how are you showing up in your relationships and in conversations? And is it, is it, is it that thing of like, I just want to feel connection or do I want someone to like see me and help make a change? I want them to see me and like be able to move forward going, you know, past this incident. Like they can come in, you know, like if you and I did a project, I come in, they see the art you made, they hear my words. And then for me, like why I put this out, I was like, I just want other, I just want people to hear from other people and get perspective. Like I just, mm, like, perspective. I, yeah, love that I just, I just feel like, you know, as a person who has been doing work like this and having conversations with so many different types of people, mm. I feel like often a lot of people, you know, especially like as far as racism is concerned, right? It's like mm. people are like, I want to argue and be right and all these things. And I'm like, and I tell people, my friends, like, how are you like still so calm after doing this work for so long? I go, yeah. oh, I don't, I don't fight with people. And he goes, wait, what? I'm like, it's not my job to fight with you. Like, if you want to come in and be combative, mm-hmm. I'm never going to change your mind. Like, if that's what your intention in the conversation with me is to argue and pick out things of how I'm wrong and how you're right, then there's no point in us having a conversation. Yeah, because it's so, not a conversation. By it's not a point. conversation. It's an <laughs> argument. Like, that's your intention. <laughs> so I'll tell him, I'm like, my job in everything that I do is it is my job to give you perspective. It is not my job to persuade you. And like knowing that and like having that be like such a big intention in my life and in my work has like lowered my stress, has like been able for me to like separate myself from my work, which a lot of people can't do still. I'm like you're, and I tell people like, I'm really lucky in that I get to show up authentically as myself in all situations. If that's professionally with friends with family like I get to be Brie at all times yeah it's just like helped me to protect my peace in a lot of ways that I think a lot of people haven't figured out yet like you don't have to validate yourself to others you don't have to get validation from others like you saying to yourself I am valid and whole and what I do and who I am is the only validation that I need and not Mm -hmm. having to look out to like outward people, like it has just changed my perspective of myself in my life for so much. And actually like being able to truly like, like sink into that, I think is really, is really valuable. And you know, what I was just thinking just now, like what you're talking about, like with perception, like this wasn't ever a plan of mine, but some like, so, so the first exhibition that I had when I was through in London, like I had all the paintings up on the wall and literally like I, the guy that was helping me set all the paintings up, I was like, they all need to be at the exact same height because I don't want anyone above or below anyone else. Like, like, and that was like such a conscious thing. Like every part of it, I wanted to represent our, like the life experience, like how we go mm-hmm. for a life and how we can actually show like society could be like this. And what was so powerful, what happened was people were coming in to the exhibition space and they were standing in front of a piece and at first they didn't see any of the hidden things in sight. And as you get closer, they start to see more of the layers and more of the person there in that, in, in, in that sense. And then I had like QR codes, which they'd scan and then read their stories. Some people would start with the stories, some people would start with the visual of the image. But what always happened was if I came beside them to talk about that piece, obviously the person wasn't there. I was always standing beside them because I was looking at the piece. And for me, that was such a beautiful thing because we were talking about these really, really in-depth issues because some of the women had 
been raped, sexually assaulted. Some of these women had, had, had experienced horrific racism. Not that there's levels to it, but like there's also people that have experienced like um, who, who are people from like the disabled community who have experienced horrible feeling of judgment and all these things. Everyone, everyone has something. And the conversation was never, ever became like so often in life it does about me and you. It becomes about this person we're looking at and they're not here to argue with or have an argument with. You can have your views on these certain things and I can have my views on these certain things. But the central focus that we're talking about is we're talking about the issues in this painting while we're standing beside each other. We're not facing each other. So it's so much less confronting you're not even looking at the person really you're having a conversation with you're talking about the beauty within the piece and then we can start touching upon some of the issues that are raised and I think when we when we approach life like that when we approach people like that and honestly like I'm not perfect like I still like have thoughts and say things to people and I'm like why did I say that that was so horrible but that's just life and we all try to be better but when you're standing there and you're having these conversations, these conscious conversations, like we're so much more open. And I think that's exactly like what you're saying. Like when someone's open to receiving that perception, that view of perception and your opinion on something or your perception of something, and they can see it openly without feeling confronted because I'm not standing right up in their face or I'm not standing across from them watching how they're going to react. There's a moment of silence and feeling that that is okay. Because everyone that's coming into this exhibition, I didn't know, they're strangers. And then you build this connection with them, but also through this person that that isn't there, but you feel can you then begin to form a connection with them, not because of them as a person, but because of what they stand for. And it was just, it's such a beautiful thing. And I, like since that, like more and more so, like I was like, I need to use that to like live my life more and anyone that comes into that space I want them to at least for that day take that away to just be a little bit more cautious to that person that's serving them their coffee or when someone bumps into them in their street just thinking like oh well they've got a story too and they're not just what they look like on the outside because like it's so it's so easy to just forget that when that is how we go about our life every day (laughs) well now I'm like visualizing like two people sitting next to each other looking at something and for me, it's like, I think so much like conversation happens like face to face, but mm-hmm. standing beside someone is more community. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, you're a community mm-hmm. person looking at this art, right? Like just that sort of like connection and community and the ability to start like a conversation and it not be like you're saying and not be combative. It's like, we are together looking yeah. at this thing, talking about this thing and like how much like, I don't know, I'm getting chills thinking about like just like how much more. <laughs> inclusive and like like familiar that becomes for you right like Mm -hmm. it's way more comfortable to be like I see a flower in this art piece what are you seeing like what do you think Mm -hmm. the story is like and being able to like be in community and then talk about it together but like you build that sort of connection together first and then go yeah yeah I love that and it's so beautiful and even like I remember what like on one of the days as women came into the into the space well actually she was standing outside she's in a wheelchair and we had there's like a tiny little lip on the on the door and um she was like no no it's fine like I watch through the window I was like you're not watching from the window like we'll get you in here and um there was just this guy in the exhibition space I was like can you help me lift this chair up like over the lip and like he because the energy that was in that room like who knows what he was like in his general in his general Mm -hmm. day but like he's like yeah of course like and then we just left this woman in and she comes in and you could tell like that's 
that's just about like being inclusive and going no why you're not going to stand it it's, it's no issue for us to lift you in but for her she's like it's also that thing of not wanting to ask for help because you don't want to take anyone else mm-hmm. out of their way but it's also like but that's all of us at one point or multiple points throughout our day for our life like that we are that person that needs an extra helping hand but it's so difficult to I find it so difficult myself to accept help from other people especially when I think that I'm taking them off of their path or like I don't want to like it's like like I want to like I don't want I don't want you to be doing too mm-hmm. much you know instead of like being able to take up that space like that's something that I'm like trying to work on just now is being like to take up like take up space unapologetically it's such a difficult thing but it shouldn't be okay we need to talk about this like five years so I know I so I tell I tell this story often of like I was really lucky to grow up in a family of like very proud strong black women like I have never heard a black woman in my family or woman in my family talk badly about her body I grew up like in a space where like I was encouraged to take up space and that was in you know performing or volunteering or like I come from a family of activists like creating space and and I tell people all the time like I think I've been able to be such a good activist because my family taught me how to love and believe myself before the world told me not to and how much like even like you know I tell this story often like you know I've dealt with like suicide suicidal ideations and an eating disorder but you know that came from societal pressure and I still I think the reasons why I've been able to survive for so long is because of the foundation my family built Mm -hmm. and so you were just talking about um just kind of like figuring out who you are and what you need to do and like creating that for for me creating that foundation of just being very unapologetic of taking up space knowing I had a right to be here um still I mean as a person who comes from like I say a village I still find it hard to ask for help we're working on it we all do I think unless you're like anyway sorry carry on (laughs) I mean I mean we all do but I think it's like you're saying like to be again going back to this whole conversation like community and togetherness and like realizing like we're not in this alone and just for me it's just always constantly thinking back to like my mom and my grandmothers and my aunts and you know my family friends like all these women who like really raised me and literally helped every woman who's raised me actually you know from people in my family to like my friends moms to you know counselors at school like all of these women and men, you know, I'm going to everyone, I'm going to bring in everyone, but like just knowing that we, as people, we didn't get here on our own. And I think that's such a thing that we forget, like, as you, especially Mm -hmm. I live alone now. And so I'm just always like, I'm by myself. And I'm like, no, wait, like (laughs) I live alone. I'm not alone. And like being lonely and being alone are two different things. And like, just Mm -hmm. really being able to sit and think about that constantly of like, just because we're in this we are, are taught to be so vastly independent that it is also okay to like let people in and let people help you. So like, I love that you were like, no, we're getting you in here. Like just, just going yeah, in, like, just come in. Like we're going to figure it out. You yeah, like it's not an issue. That. And you know what I find so amazing? Like with our mentality, that mentality specifically of I'm so on my own, I'm so independent. See now more than ever, especially in the West, we are as least independent as we ever have been ever. And the reason that I say that is because, and like one of my very, very close friends, he always tells me stories about his grandpa, right? Because he came from um, a village 
in South Africa and very much was like he had a very small community and like his grandpa did everything like he raised him like his dad like he literally would he was he'd do all the cars like they'd make all their own food so like they'd farm their own land and all of these things and like that they were so much more self-efficient they knew all these like like how like medicines and stuff to take and when you're feeling like this oh just do this and they had all their own little things they didn't go to a doctor or actually like his mum was a nurse but like they're all they are self-sufficient right and very much not relying on, on other things actually I think the more independent we are like within ourselves the less independent we actually are because we rely on a whole team like I'm sitting here on my iPhone that who knows how many people it took just to make that never mind the clothes that I'm wearing and would I be going to the dentist every year and like we've become so specialized individually at different things because we have to now more than ever rely on other people because our knowledge isn't broad and it doesn't expand out like like my friend and like his family like his family specifically his grandpa's did and I think like that's totally fine it's different ways of life but we live in this world that we don't acknowledge that and I think that's crazy like it, that's so crazy to me that we and it, even still like there's times that I forget that in myself like we want to be strong and independent and again redefining strength why the hell does being strong mean you have to do everything on your own like we're not built that way you wouldn't look that like you actually would not look like a pack of wolves or something like that like a wolf walking off on its own you'd be like that is such a stupid wolf <laughs> like what are you doing like you're safe and like you're strong together and that's where your strength lies because like that's when you can then get eat get the better food and I don't, you get what I'm trying to say but you feel like you're stupid you're stupid for trying to be on your own imagine like if you look at that little wolf like no wonder it's going to be feeling sad no wonder it's going to be feeling low and be so scrawny and not be getting any food like but we we try and act like we're so far away from animals and I love like thinking and relating ourselves back to animals because we behave in this way we just pretend that we don't and we don't need these things like it's quite funny <laughs> I can't even think of anything else to say. That's like the perfect analogy <laughs> of like, we are not, we should be more like the wolf. Don't right. be, don't be alone. Stick with your people, lean on each other. You'll survive longer and be happier and you'll be full. So I think that's right. like perfect. A perfect right. you will, you will be. <laughs> be like so funny. Sorry, you will. No, I was yeah, be, be like the wolf. Then I'm like, the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> but it is just that way when we're so in it and we're so in our own society like and it's like anything in the world when we stand away from it and we analyze and you know other people certain people have those jobs where they go and do that to come back and tell us so we can educate ourselves but we watch these things and animals and societies and cultures and, and all these things but we forget that we are in that and we very rarely take the step back from us and us as people and I sometimes always think like I wonder if there'll ever be a time that we all come together and see the beauty in one another not from our instead of our differences even if it's just a different football team and I always think like I bet like it probably needs to take something like aliens or something like that to come along to be like wow we actually like we're the ones that are the same now they're the enemy or now they're the ones that are different and now we need to come together to like to to deal with this like who knows but that's just something that like I like to think about (laughs) yeah I get what you're saying like robots or well but yeah like we're all the same zombies yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. I, I think that's a really interesting thing too, of like to be more connected, like you're saying, like we don't have to, there's no, there shouldn't be any us versus them. Like at this end of the day, we're all the same trying to like figure out the best way to be the best version of ourselves and just, just all figuring it out for sure. I think it's just like the older I get, the more I'm like, we know nothing. Literally. Like, you know, I, I think I have, I have friends who just had a baby and a, other couple of friends who were thinking about having a baby. Um, and both of them, both groups, they've been like, you know, we don't want our family to be the only family our kids know, right? Like there's so many people who are looking to that, like that sort of back to that, like it takes a village mentality of like, mm-hmm. like oh, I want my kid to call you Aunt Bree, and I want you to teach them like things that I couldn't teach them. And yeah. just, yeah, I think, I think that's just like, I, I think about like our generation of like really shifting that again of like trying to unpack all of our trauma and get back to like mm. what the real root of everything is for sure. And that is it. Trauma has such a big part to play in everything because it does follow us through and we, and we can't, we can't ignore that. We can't, we can't deny that. For me, it's just about going through that, like going through life, going through relationships and, and the world with just trying to like form those connections. Cause the more we can connect, the more, the less, lonely things feel but then at the same time like I know some people enjoy being on their own whereas for me it's one of the worst things not because I'm not happy in my own company but I was like why would I want to do this on my own when I could like share this experience with someone Mm -hmm. else like that but that's like we're all different when it comes to things like that but yeah (laughs) yeah well I thank you so much for coming and chatting with me today (laughs) now I'm like I could listen to you talk all day I love your accent I'm like obsessed right now um (laughs) Is there anything you want us to know? Anything you want to plug? I'll be sure to like link all your stuff in the show notes, but I wanted to give you a chance to like plug anything you want to talk about. Um, I don't think so. Not necessarily. I've got like a few exhibitions going on in Glasgow and stuff, but most of my things like are all on Instagram and I just like let everyone know what I'm doing there. Perfect. Um, and yeah, that's that. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, at the end of each show, I like to ask the question, what is the best advice you were ever given or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? The best advice I'd ever been given. Oh, do you know, there's something that my uncle wrote in one of my birthday cards one year. And I wish I could remember what it was, but it's like in the back of my brain. And it was something to do with like, don't, don't let fear like make your decisions for you like be scared but do it anyway (laughs) like all those kind of things because when you actually can like connect with that and the meaning of what that means I think that's such a beautiful thing because life's too short to not do stuff because of fear like I'd rather do something and fail than to have not done it and laugh about it down the line (laughs) yeah (laughs) well that's it this week's episode of the tea with brie be sure to follow us on instagram at the tea with brie send me an email at the tea with brie at gmail.com and visit the website the tea with brie podcast.com don't forget to rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts or we get your podcast a special thanks to mama duke for our theme music and i'll talk to y'all next week bye